You're listening to the Makers and Mystics podcast. This is season nine, episode eight. This episode is sponsored by Bright Bell Creative, offering meaningful marketing strategies to artists, authors, and creative businesses. Visit brightbellcreative.com or see the show notes of this episode to learn more. William Day is an American painter known for his large-scale compositions of colorful shapes and energetic marks. Day can often be found in his Boulder, Colorado studio, working on multiple pieces at the same time. His process leads him to create paintings in series, each focusing on different nuances of the human experience. His works are comprised of textures and complex layers demonstrating his interaction with a canvas in a moment. These series of paintings all nod to certain periods of Day's life that bring years of intensity, joy, spirituality, conflict, and resolution to the canvas. In this episode, I talk with Will about his latest series titled Breakout, which explores themes of reset and rebirth. Alongside of these topics, Will and I discuss the impact of isolation upon the artist and how to handle negative critique. Patrons of the podcast can enjoy additional interview segments with William at patreon.com slash makersandmystics. This is my interview with American painter, William Day. Will, welcome to the Makers and Mystics podcast. It's great to be here. Thanks, David. Yes. Well, you're in your studio and the listeners can't see what I'm seeing right now. But you've got some beautiful works of art behind you. Are these some of the things that you're working on currently? Yes, I am. I've always worked on a little body of work. And right now I'm creating a whole new uh, series for an upcoming show that's called Breakout. And Breakout is about moving from you know the, the one place that I think we're all confronted with is the narrative of fear sometimes, the narrative of listening to things outside in the world that may not we not understand and so i it's time for us to all break out of the shell and start living our our purpose in life and not being affected by what people are telling us and learning how to you know find our inner spirit again mm-hmm. and that series breakout is going to be shown and exhibited in the middle of june and most of your paintings are large scale paintings is that right yeah, they are. And I, I'm all over the place, you know, and so they could be 20 feet like this painting behind me. It's a large canvas mural or they could be four feet by four feet. So it all depends on my on my mood and my uh, feelings and how I walk into the studio every day. So what inspired you to begin working on Breakout then? I think it's um, a couple things. I um, Each year I try to team up with either a gallery or some art consultants or brokers to kind of figure out a theme to really inspire people around us in my community. And I think now that we're all coming out of our shell and allowing us to kind of come back to work or come, come back together, this was a metaphor to break out of those chains that are holding us back. And so this is something I've been trying to um, express for a long period of time. And that is a big idea, breakout, and, and it has a lot of meaning to it. But I think what I want to do is to give people the comfort to say it's okay 
to come out of the house. It's okay to share your ideas and it's okay to uh, be somewhat a little timid and scared, but it's about time for us to kind of listen, learn, and kind of to create mm -hmm. and start over again. I mean, just like the Renaissance, you know, after the pandemic or the Black Death, you know, I've talked a lot about that. And this breakout is really kind of a, um, a reference to that time period of the 14th, 15th centuries. Lean into that a little bit more for me. What is it about that time period that feels relevant to our modern experience? I Listen, I think those thoughts, it was, I was like, there's such a parallel between that time period and what we're living today. And when I was in this moment of panic of COVID, I think I was kind of very scared and afraid and I didn't know what it meant. And obviously there's a lot to it and we'll dig into it, but how I tied into what the Renaissance was is I was like, wow, I haven't thought about that time period a long, long time. And when I was painting, I was like doing a lot of homework and research. And I was like, wow, there's, there's some interesting things that happened from, um, from a shift in society, such as something like the Renaissance, which is a rebirth, right? Mm -hmm. Renaissance means rebirth. It means reset. It means come back alive. And so I was like, Hey, I, I feel like we're all doing that in our society right now. So yes. that was a, uh, a wake up call to say, Hey, you know, we, this has happened to our world before folks. And unfortunately the way we live as human beings, this may probably will happen again sometimes. So instead of be panicked about it, let's learn from it and then do something great about it. That's what they did in the Renaissance. That was one of the most innovative time periods from not only art, science, um, poetry, writing, architecture, engineering, math, insane. And we're kind of on that trajectory. And I said, that's the period I'm looking to the future for joy, love, and innovation. And this whole breakout period is tying to the Renaissance and saying, thank you. We're learning from you and we're going to improve and make it better. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I'm curious, how did the isolation of the past two years impact you as an artist? Uh, it impacted me very hard, differently. And there are a lot of things that came about from that isolation. I mean, as artists, we're, we're alone anyway, right? We create in our own space. But COVID really kind of woke up that spark or triggered something inside me that I didn't think really had a, an issue or problem was. And for me, that was the word that was abandonment. And you're like, what does that really mean? Well, coming, I came to my studio every day. I was, you know, the whole world shut down, but no one was in my space and studio. So I drove to my studio. No one was on the road. And then I'm like, hey, this is weird. But I still created. But I guess what really hit me was this concept that I am really alone. We are all really alone. And I, I don't like that. And, you know, I, I guess the word abandonment came from this idea when I was young. And each of our, each of our lives have different paths, right, and different experiences. Mm -hmm. So my parents got divorced when I was really young. And I, listen, I love them. I don't blame them. It all worked out. But as a kid, I was affected. And that felt like I was abandoned, even though I was fully loved and they did amazing things to me. It was just that destruction of the family. I felt like at a young boy that triggered a incredible sensation of loneliness and sadness. And that changed how I started painting again. 
I read in your bio that family is a big inspiration for your art. I'd be curious to know then how family inspires your art and how those experiences that you had growing up impacted the choices you make in the studio. Great question. I think, um, I mean, family has been the center core of, I, I mean, hope, a lot of our lives, you know. And for me, it's, I was the youngest child from a divorced family and I had to speak up a lot because being the youngest, sometimes you have to kind of jockey to get some attention. And so those choices of the things that happen to my family really impact how I paint. And I'm a very competitive, very athletic guy that transcends into my art. I'm very, It's very physical what I do. That's why I paint really big. And so those choices and how I move through my day and how I move through my studio and my canvases are, um, a direct impact of all my experiences of playing sports and, and growing up where I did in Connecticut. And I loved it. I mean, I, I was, you know, it was sad and tough, but remember you, we all have to take each one of our experiences, no matter where we come from, good and bad. And you have to, we have to learn from them. And, and instead of just being the, Oh, poor me. No, God put you in place to say, he, 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 can, he knows you can handle these situations. Some look better than others, but it's all about the journey of each individual spirit. No one's better than each, anyone else. But what is important is that you recognize that there is a journey and there is a path that you have to climb through. And we all have to incorporate those and respect each of our choices so you can live your fullest life and you can share your creativity and your joy and your love and imply all those experiences and your voice into how you walk through the world. My world is I paint and I'm able to express that on canvas. So the physicality of my athleticism or my hunger to go big is just how I want to express myself and to hopefully bring people into this fold of walking into this world of color and um, spirituality. Do you find that you have an ability to speak or to process your emotions and process some of the more difficult things that you've walked through in shape, in color, on the canvas, more so than you can with words? Is that one of the things that draws you to visual art? Of course. I mean, most artists will say, I'm better at writing or speaking or, or painting. I think what I try to do, and a lot of artists understand this, and you look at the past artists, I've been painting for almost full-time full 15 years, okay? And so as I look through my process and what I really do now is I ask the universe to say, okay, I want to get out of the ego and I want to be this channel of communication and I want to be able to express that freely in a way that's not stifling, that will produce a product that is going to challenge the individual to say, wow, that's insane. I've never seen that before. Or I try to get out of the way and let that love and joy kind of just burst through me without having any preconceived notions or expectations. 
That's very difficult to do because the art world judges you differently on how they want to see your voice. How are you different? Why are you so good? What are you doing differently? Well, what I'm doing differently is I'm being me and saying, I am getting out of the way of my ego and I'm allowing the creative spirit to work through me. And I am not putting any expectations on how amazing the art's going to be. Or I don't care if the Museum of Modern Art doesn't pick me up. But I do care as I'm living my truthful life that God asked me to do. And that's to communicate through shapes, colors, visuals to really inspire people around me. So would you say that authenticity is an important part of your process then? 100%. But remember, a lot of I get judged and critiqued very, very often. I'm fully exposed to the world. And so when they see me, like, oh, you look like Monet. You look like Van Gogh. Or that's not, that's, who are you? You're a fake. So it's really <laughs> hard. And, and a lot of us may say that because we're all trying to find our voice. Well, our voice is about experimenting. Mm-hmm. If you don't keep experimenting, you're never going to even find and enjoy the journey. Yeah, so my paintings, I have a lot of references to the Impressionists. You know, I have a lot of references to the to the Renaissance periods. I mean, Michelangelo, I mean, you, Leonardo, I mean, even, you know, Galileo and science. Like, trust me, I'm making references, but I'm not making it so obvious. I'm embedding them through the spirituality of this emotion that is around all of us. And I'm making, um, I'm trying to make you curious and say, Wow, why why is that different? I think I understand that, but I just it feels cool. It's unique. And so the ultimate goal as a painter is to really put someone in a place where they say either they feel something good, they can react to it, they can reference it, they can learn from it, and hopefully they can heal from it. My paintings really are about healing in this day and age. Talk to me more about healing through the art, because we've we've talked about that a lot on the podcast, and that's something that really fascinates me. As we mature in our own spiritual growth, and I think we all have different levels of how we want to heal and learn and, um, and grow. I don't come into the studio saying, hey, there's a big word here called healing. But I come into my studio and saying, I'm very reactive to the seasons of the year. And right now, it's spring. It's rebirth. One of my favorite times to paint. And it is the time to burst out into the universe and let go. And so all my paintings are just, there are an explosion of color, of yellows, of this, of newness, of, of seeing the world from a whole new point of view. And I hope most artists have that same kind of, you know, exploration because the whole thing about healing is about learning how to be vulnerable in a time of, of fear in a time of control, healing has to ha, ha, is different from each one of us. So these paintings that I'm doing right now resonate this really rebirth of color to go back to the beginning of time. And so, yeah, yellow is a powerful color because it's like this freshness. It's like whew, this light blue, this aqua, this like ha. Huh, it's, it's releasing these toxins and without me getting too technical because I'm a, I don't, I'm a feeler, I just do and I don't overanalyze it. That's where the art critics come in and they start, Rawr. and I was like, enough. You can yeah. tell me how bad I am or how I think I'm ungenuine, but the truth is I am working for that higher spirit and that's my ultimate test. 
And yeah, I get affected by how people critique me and I get very emotional and sad and it's hard to overcome. But right now, these, these paintings in here you see, are is this, it's a reset. It's a, it's a new beginning and it makes me happy. And I obviously will transition into the summer, but right now I'm almost feel like I'm, I'm being born again. And I hope we all can do that in the season and not judge. This is about bringing people in, inviting them to say, look at yourself. We can all heal together. Doesn't matter if you're 80, if you're five years old, the human spirit doesn't know that age. And it's up to you to say, do you want to heal? And what are the tools you're using to allow yourself to be open to receive? And that's what I'm trying to do, to, to have this channel of love that people can say, critique me, but they also can say, you know what? That's bold. I get it. I want to play in there and I want to walk in that painting and feel that love and be surrounded by those angels and joy and be lifted with this new color of hope. I love what you're saying and what I see in your art right now is that your art is really speaking the truth of the moment. And I've said before, I think that all art prophesies, if I can put that strong word on it, you know, for you, it's probably just an intuitive experience. You just come in and you feel your way through it. But one of the beautiful things that I see in art is when you just go in with the intuition and the spontaneity and what you're feeling, but then what comes out of that speaks something that's so far beyond your own intention that some guy in North Carolina can hear you talk about it and say, hey, this is actually speaking a truth to the moment right now. I love that. And I hope so. You got to remember, it's like I, I want to be this, I want to be remembered by a, uh, as an artist, as a family member, as a community organizer. I don't want to be labeled as a certain, you know, I'm not going to categorize the words that describe the physical flesh of Will Day. But I want you to say thank you, Will, and your spirit for taking a chance to live beyond the norms of how the world describes us and says you painted these pieces that were that gave people hope, it gave them a chance to heal, it gave them a chance to think and reflect and reset and begin again. Mm -hmm. Wow. And yes. a lot of artists are doing that. I may not be in the Museum of Modern Art, but I know something's going to happen that will have a different museum that's going to collect this narrative of all of us that are painting in a now in this spiritual movement of joy and hope that will transcend the negative way that the art world is kind of controlling the narrative of what is selling and what people are collecting. You talked a lot about the critics and negativity and, and negative feedback that people could give to you. And one of the things, as you know, that we're focused on in season nine of the podcast is mental, emotional, and spiritual health for the artist. So I'm curious if you've developed any practices that help you make it through those painful emotions? Like if, if I, I know it sucks for all of us, you know, right? No, nobody likes negativity, but I want us to, to grow together and learn how do we handle the imposter syndrome or how do we handle those negative critiques or criticisms or the rejection? 
Have you figured that out yet? Well, <laughs> no, no, I have not. I mean, right. And I think it, yeah. it, it, it changes as we grow. Now, here's a, it's interesting because last week I was, uh, I was surprised. I've got a heavy influence on social media and Instagram, and I, and I, I put myself out there. I talk about the process. I never just show you the nice, beautiful image. I could do that all day long. I'm trying to reverse that and say creativity is really, it, there's a, there is a journey and it's not always beautiful. And Michelangelo, you think, you know, Botticelli, you think even Jackson Pollock, Hey, you, we, we love the final product, but the suffering and the challenge that went into it was ridiculously challenging. And no one wants to really experience that, or they want to critique that and judge that. So last week there was a top art critic in the universe <laughs> I won't give his name because I'm not going to give him the energy. Classified 10 other artists and called us a very negative name in the world of abstraction. And I was completely surprised and taken by that. And, you know, his whole thing is, you know, being critique is, is, a, is, a, uh, is good because that means we're here. I, I noticed you, but his critique was was really painful and it took me way off my uh, off my grounding of of me as an artist and it kind of made me wow it's like i'm not good anymore i this is terrible i it's like that's how the world sees me it's like wow that is absolutely exact opposite of how i'm trying to translate this feeling of hope and healing to the universe through color and not be a decorative artist you know, right. so yeah. your answer is I, it's been a week and I'm like, what have I done? I, I went home, talked to my wife, we were pissed and we were sad and totally surprised. And I was frozen and I was like, man, I know this happens a lot to a lot of artists, musicians, writers, but, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in it right now. And so what did I do? I took a couple days to sort of like, um, think about it. I read a lot of the comments and um, I was shocked how negative people were on things that I was like, wow, they don't know me. And I can't believe that they're picking up an energy that is so anti-Will Day. So what I did then is I went out and I would recommend this to anybody. It's like, what do you love to do? Like my wife's like, go out for a hike, go for a walk, go, go to nature, get grounded, touch the ground. I'm not saying hug a tree, but just forget about that stuff because your ultimate purpose in life is really to live out what God's spirit has for you. And yeah, that's interesting that critiqued you. It's going to happen all day long. But your goal now is to move forward from that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I, I went back to one of my books that I always love because I wanted to visualize the next step of like, all right, that sucks. They call me blah, blah, blah. And they call these other individuals out. I'm like, all right, I'm going to learn from it. I appreciate it. Time to move on. I need to visualize something even better now. And so this is one of the books I kind of always go back to. And when I feel really down and depressed and just lonely, I was like, gosh, who's going to help me? You know, we pray, we meditate, whatever you want to do. I, uh, I, I went to this book, and this is one of the things that it's pretty simple. Creative visualization. Use the power of your imagination to create what you want in your life. So if that 
if that world, if people were judging me for that, I was like, all right, we'll move from that. I want something better and bigger, and I want to produce something that's going to inspire other people. So, you know, I just, I took a week to kind of do things that I like to do, whatever those activities are. Bike, go for a bike ride. I mean, simple things that you feel like, look at the world around you. There, once we get too micro, like when we're, social media is very tight because it's like they have these two seconds to make these comments. So micro, I am a macro person. And so I get really offended and very affected by those, those jagged words that just go right to the heart. Then I go out in the world and I look at the sky and I see the mountains and I was like, you know what? The world's bigger than social media. Mm -hmm. And it just puts me and it gets me, it grounds me again. I haven't painted in a week. And this is kind of interesting because you're like, now what? Well, now I'm talking to you. I'm feeling a little better. I think I'm starting to ready to paint again. I love hearing this story about when you faced criticism, when you faced something very painful, the response is to go back to the root system of your life. And I love that. I think that's very helpful for us. And I wanted to share that with my wife because she, you know, the art world's very, um, it's, it's interesting. It's very emotional. And we're putting our heart out there. I mean, you know, obviously music, anything that has that exposure. My wife's doing other things. So by bringing her in the fold, she can sort of be somewhat sympathetic and say, hey, you know what? Here's another way to look at it. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm in it all the time. I'm around these people. And so I needed, I needed guidance and I need help. And I think one of the questions, no matter what we're trying to do, with these different types of experiences that you got to reach out for help. Yes. And when we talk about mental health and creativity and love, one of the most important things is to make sure you realize that we succeed when we reach out and we seek. If you seek, you will find. And if you seek help and guidance, you will find. It may not be in one month. It may, may not be through those pills are giving you, but it's your starting. And eventually, at the end of your journey, you're going to say, thank you. I, I reached and sought and I was ready with the mindset to say, whatever God has in place for me, I'm ready. And I trust with all my heart. That's good. It's so good, man. Isolation is a killer. I've said that. I'm going to keep repeating that because isolation almost destroyed my life. You know, and I think that's something that we've all faced. And so as we're talking about this rebirth that's coming through your art, I think part of that is the rebirth of community and the rebirth of figuring out, <laughs> maybe I had to figure it out myself, that I can't do this on my own. We, we really do need one another in an interdependent way, not a codependent way. Yeah, because we, we're all, we all have this ability to innovate and, and be loving and support and uh and guide but we all we're all individuals but remember i see the universe i'm colorblind that's one of the things my mom taught me you know your goal is to look at each individual's heart and say i see the good and bad and i'm not going to judge you because i do not want to be judged and so i try my hardest to say hey how do i steer this this negative force of energy to just start labeling people and saying how bad and barking at people and giving people an insecurity that I'm better than you because I'm not, I'm just the same as you. And that's what we all are. 
And isn't that what the message that, you know, Jesus taught us about love and compassion? I mean, mm. I don't care who you follow. I think what you have to follow is understand that you have a human spirit. We have a soul and those souls is about the human existence of man. And that is about not control and power, but it's about elevating the experiences of what we're going to do on this planet right now to leave a legacy that will change the future to enhance human beings and art and creativity is that way that i'm using that as a call to action to inspire people well i want to say thank you for doing the work that you're doing thank you for persevering following the path of your heart following this path of art. Thank you for not giving up when the criticisms come. And thanks for joining me on Makers and Mystics today. Well, I appreciate your time. And it's been, it's been eye-opening to talk to you and very refreshing. So thank you, Stephen. And as always, thank you, my friends, for tuning in to the Makers and Mystics podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Makers and Mystics and see the show notes of this episode for links to Will Day. Special thanks to Sean Williams for the music in this episode. And of course, a very special thanks to our patrons. You guys make these episodes possible, and I'm very grateful for your contribution. If you'd like to be a part of the Makers and Mystics Creative Collective, you can find us at patreon.com slash makersandmystics. You know what I'm going to say next, but I'm going to say it anyway. Keep creating, my friends. The world needs your art.